What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Hey, if it's a if it's a weekday, if it's a day <laughs> and it's October, it's time for a Baseball America playoff podcast. John and JJ, I got to tell you, JJ, I'm having a lot of fun with these. I, I am too. I, I know. Taking our conversations on actually and sharing them with people is a good thing. I like I mean, to we, share. We literally, I mean, it is one of those things where this is literally what we do every morning. Pretty much. I mean, we get in a little earlier than most everyone else in the office. We drop kids off at school. And the idea from this really stemmed from, if we're going to be doing this 15 minutes anyway, we might as well record it and let everyone else hear it too. Correct. There's so, little, with little less yelling, I think. I think it does moderate <laughs> a little bit. It does. We have had moments in the office where we've had to explain to other people, like, no, John and I are good. We're not, like, angry at each other. We just like yelling at each it other. It rains in my passion. And, and truth be told, I like yelling more. And I'm very fortunate over all this time to be friends with JJ and that he accepts my yelling. And he knows he knows me and I get away with stuff that I wouldn't get away with with average people. So I'm very fortunate. Um, and we won't yell today because we've got company too. We might have a special guest. Yeah, I was going to say, I was gonna say if, you, if you hear a little girl, May May, my, uh, my, my youngest <laughs> is uh, sick today. So uh, she's over there playing iPad as we do this. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we had a game two of the World Series, 5-1 Cubs victory. A um, few things stood out to us. I guess our bullet point off the top of the... If I were Bill O'Reilly and going over my talking points memo this morning, um, my, my talking points would be Trevor Bauer, Kyle Schwarber, pace of play. And the funny thing is that Jake Arrieta is not in there, and Jake Arrieta <laughs> yeah. had a no-hitter for as long as anyone's carried a no-hitter for, like, what? In a, in a World Series game for, like, what, 30-something years? It was a long... Years? He kept I love. for a long time. I mean, he's a threat every time, and he was just so erratic last night. It was really strange. It was a strange no-hitter. He didn't feel like he was dominating the Indians. It was not dominating like Corey Kluber was the night before. Corey yeah. Kluber the night before, you're like, wow, this could be... Like, you knew he probably was... The pitch count was going to keep him from doing it, but Corey Kluber in Game 1... In the first, second, and third, it was like we might be watching Bob Gibson in 68. Right. You could have seen if, if in a different scenario where if they were healthier and you didn't know that Terry Francona was already planning to start him again in game four and came out yesterday and admitted he's starting him in game four. But you could have seen a scenario where he goes nine innings, throws a complete game shutout, and you know maybe gives up four hits, a walk, and 16 strikeouts. I and mean, that was doable. Right. I mean, it was something. If that had been Game Seven, you it would have been one of those things where it's like this goes down as a, a pantheon game. It, it, it was on its way. It was a pantheon start, and then the and then then you have the other end of Corey Kluber, which was Trevor Bauer last night. And JJ, we followed Bauer for a long time. This is high school junior year at Hart when he was teammates with Mike Montgomery. He graduated a year early, went to UCLA, was our college player of the year. I live tweeted his pregame routine of the Calvin series in 2010 and did a big column on it afterwards and the, the long tossing, the javelin, all the goofy stuff we've written about. We've talked with Kyle Body here in our office about what he's done with Driveline. Um, so Trevor Bauer's eccentricities, the drone, all the stuff is all part of the Trevor Bauer package. 
But ultimately, what we saw last night, to me, J.J., is a guy who does not have the ability to make adjustments when he's needed to in this postseason. He hasn't gone five innings in a start yet in the postseason. And he doesn't have the fastball command you need to go through a lineup two or three times, a great lineup, when it matters. I mean, that is... He has become the, the sport, essence of a fringe starter. He is not. I'll, I'll he is not. For, he, he is, is the, the number three of, overall pick of, in the draft, and he's not lived up to but it. But I was going to say he's the essence of a back end starter. That's what he is. I was, I was going to say I don't think he's fringe because I don't think there's ever. I think Trevor Bauer has been good enough that to me, like he's not one of those we're talking about a number five slash six. And I love the. I mean, I, I know it's still not, but I love the number yeah. six starter idea. The guy yeah. who's you really, if he's in your rotation, it's because he's filling in for someone, and you hope he's not there long. That's not Trevor Bauer. I do think though. When you take all the, you can call it eccentricities, whatever it is, I'll frame it a different way. And maybe this is, I'm kind of interested. I've saved this to see, I want to hear what you think about this. Could it be that Trevor Bauer, all this, has gotten him to where he is, but the reality of it is is that he's just a limited athlete, Mm -hmm. limited physically. Mm -hmm. And that's actually allowed him to get to there and... Framed in a different way. I, I mean, maybe I'm putting too much of a rose-colored glow, you know, hue on it. But is this a guy? I know he went third overall. Amazing career at UCLA. But even when he was there, it was something where Garrett Cole was the guy who physically was everything that you wanted yes. a front-of-the-rotation starter to be. He might just be the li- is, is your question that basically is Trevor Brower at the limit of what he can be already? Has Trevor? What I'm saying is, is, is Trevor Bauer gotten to here... Because Trevor Bauer, for all whatever you may think about, you know all these things he does. You know, person who's listening to this, no one works harder at yeah. trying to be a pitcher. Trevor Bauer, I know he, the drones, everything. Trevor Bauer wants to understand pitching right. to a level beyond that of almost any other pitcher. And again, maybe that gets in his way at times. Maybe it doesn't. But I do think when you talk about what Trevor Bauer's problems are now. And you look at what Trevor Bauer's problems were when he broke into the majors. They're much of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think what it really comes back to is Trevor Bauer doesn't have the fastball command to be a dominant pitcher. And maybe it clicks for him at age 30. But at the same time, Trevor Bauer has had off seasons where you said, where he said, my entire focus is going to be on trying to develop improved command. Right. And this is not a guy who says that and then takes four months off and then a week before spring training starts throwing again. And he's working like crazy on it. That, that is the number one thing I respect about Trevor Bowers, that he is never satisfied. And you know, like you said, that there's probably not anybody outworking him, or at least, and definitely not anybody outthinking him. And the thing with that is, is that this is not something where he's in denial that that's the problem. Right. He said it himself. And he improved it this year. His walk rate went from 4.0 last year to 3.3 this year. and that improved But that's still it. below average. It's still below average for a starter, but it did help him. I mean, he, he performed better right. in 2016 than he had in 2015. So there was but, discernible improvement. And, and I, he might be at the ceiling of what his fastball command you, improvement could be. But he when might you be right. watch him last night, when you compare him to these other guys we're seeing, and again... Trevor Bauer, if this all breaks right for the Indians and they're healthy, Trevor Bauer is in the almost where the he's in the number four starter role where he, he started the year in the bullpen. He may 
he may not make a start in the World Series if everyone's healthy for the Indians. I agree. He, he would be the fourth starter because if at Kluber best. goes if Kluber goes one four seven, Trevor Bauer would have been working out of the pen. I mean, and if it were Kluber, Carrasco, Salazar, he would be competing with Tomlin for that fourth spot to Which whether again, or not to get a start. And I don't think it's a guarantee, even though he has better stuff than Tomlin, that he's but, a better pitcher than. But Tomlin. when you watch him last night, Trevor Bauer in most starts does not have a pitch. That he can just say, okay, we see it with Arietta. We right. really saw it with Kluber. When you talk about frontline starters, one of the things they have is that they have this plus, usually it's a 70 pitch. I think of it like, you, a, like an offense in football that when they get sideways or the off schedule, mm-hmm. they have a couple of plays that they know if we execute this, we're going to get what we want. And these are the plays that we know nine times out of ten we will execute. And pitchers are the same way. I have this, you know, with, with, for the Braves, for 15 years, it was, all right, let's get back on schedule. Throw the fastball low and away and locate it for a strike. And a pitcher can execute that. And you said it like Kluber had two the other Kluber, day. Yeah, Kluber, yeah, Kluber. the two-seamer, he located at will, and he had the slide piece. Bauer doesn't seem like he has even one pitch that he has that level of confidence in that he can locate and, at will. And he doesn't have a pitch that really grades as right. that – Plus, plus, I don't, I mean, does he have really a, on most outings, I don't know I don't if he really so. truly has a plus pitch. He's got a really good breaking balls. He, he really can spin a breaking ball. I'm not sure, you know, that I've, that there's one that's consistently plus, but it's close. Right. The thing is, it's on the border. So that to me, Bauer really is, um, I think you make a great point. He might be, this might just be who he always is, and the improvement will be incremental. He's never going to have the athleticism and that kind of arm to just be, to be able to, Locate an above-average fastball See, consistently. I think you might again, be right about that. And that's make, can he? Can he basically? Does he have to be like we talked with Matt Eddie yesterday off the air? In this era that is, we seem to be approaching, where it's just going to be a five-inning starter. Does he just need to throw even more off-speed stuff and pitch less "quote-unquote" American? And like when I was talking to a pitching coordinator recently about an international pitcher, and he said, "Well, we just got him in. We had to get him to pitch more American and use his fastball more." I almost feel like Trevor Bauer needs to pitch more Asian and pitch less off his fastball. Like you see Tanaka or you see Kenta Maeda where their usage rate of their fastballs in the 30 to 40% range. I almost feel like Trevor Bauer needs to go that route, JJ. I mean, Kenta Maeda and him are, you know, they they do things sometimes somewhat, I mean, different ways, but there's some similarities there. Right? In what you see, how they're approaching it and how they're not going to get through, they're not going to give you six to seven in, yeah. all, in these starts. Uh, and, but again, I do wonder sometimes if Trevor Bauer, I don't, I, in no way, want to say victim of his own success. But the fact that he was, a, that. but there, the fact that he was the number three pick in the draft, does that mean that he is viewed as a, in, in many ways, as a disappointment? Where yes. to if me, he'd yes. have been, but I'm saying, but where if he'd have been a fifth round pick, who had dominated. To give a dominant at Stetson, right? Where we would be talking about good call. How we would be talking about this guy gets every bit out of his ability, and he's limited. But you know what? I give him credit because he shouldn't be where he is. I think you make a great point. It really is all about how you frame it, and if you view it through the lens of he was College Player of the Year and third overall pick in the draft, from that oh, standpoint, he is a disappointment. Hey, he's better than the guy drafted a spot ahead of him. Uh, rest in peace career of Danny Holson. He's better. He's been way better than Danny Holson. But um, that 2011 draft for pitchers, Cole, Holtz, Holson, Bauer, Archie Bradley, Dylan Bundy, 
And the best pitcher of all of them, Jose Fernandez. Um, Truly rusty. Uh, really, like, choke up thinking about it. But that is Trevor Bauer really – it really is how you look at it. And the fact that he's making starts for a World Series team it was a key part. It was an important part of a World Series team. But – it is to his credit, and I'm I'm being too harsh but, on. But him. at the same time, but last night he was very maddening. But the thing that is difficult though is, is if you're if you're the Indians, you are not hoping that he is it. It I'm not saying it's within not within the range of all possibilities for right. him, but you are not hoping that he's going to give you six. Where at the end of six, it's no runs on the board. You are hoping that he's going to give you five and leave. I don't feel like that his outing last night was outside of the realm of what they were expecting out of him. I think you're probably right about that. And part and of that's that, where I do think that, that's where I think that Cleveland, and we talked about it a little bit on the podcast yesterday, where they are in some sort of trouble is, is that I don't know that there's any starts that are not made by Corey Kluber in this where that's not like, okay, we got we got to the fifth, we got to the sixth, and we've only given up a run or two. We're in great shape. This is Ulti- about- Ultimately, the, for the Indians to win the World Series – because they're not the better team on paper right on the field in my mind. They can still win the World mm-hmm. Series. It's a best of five now, and we're tied at one. They no longer have the home field advantage, A. B, they're going to have to hit, J.J. They did not hit in the ALCS. They didn't hit great in the, in the division series. They won with good starting pitching and fantastic bullpen. But when you look at this they're lineup, not hitting. But, but, and when you look at this lineup, I mean, it's not a bad lineup, but when you compare it to, like, the Cubs lineup, it's hard to see how you expect them to hit more than the Cubs when the Cubs really do. Right. When you get to the middle of that lineup, and it's like, I mean, it's Bryant, and it's Rizzo, and it's Zobrist who puts together professional at-bat after professional just a, at-bat. Just, just a, such a good hitter. But and that, then now you have the way Joe Madden calls it, the thickening, you know, really. And there's no, there's no one who thickens a lineup like Kyle Schwarber. And that's That was, good. again, we're two games in. Anyone who felt like, Wow, there's you know this is a terrible idea. There's no that you know he's not going to be able to do this. It's okay, you were wrong. That's fine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, again, if he does nothing else in the series, now I he, know they, they there's they nobody who to, looks more hitterish in the batter's box than Kyle he's Schreiber. had more good takes. Mm-hmm. Rizzo's had more good foul balls. Rizzo right. is Mister. He got two strikes. And that that bat was it was a walk last night. Wasn't it like the fifth or sixth where it was like foul, like twelve pitches or whatever? Yeah, I, I mean, mean he, he's both of those guys have had great at bats. Rizzo's have been more of the foul ball variety. Like he was getting pounded inside by Bauer and still getting the bat hit. Even the double he hit the right mm-hmm. field, um, which small part of the game yesterday. Lonnie Chisenhall had a really bad day defensively. Lonnie Chisenhall had two. Like, right. he he's, misplayed, he's just not he a great right tri- fielder. He misplayed the triple in right field. And the thing is, the defensive metrics say that, say that he's good. But he misplayed the ball in right field in, into a triple and threw to the wrong base, kind of Joey Bat style in the first inning. And um, you know There could have been a play at the plate on, on Brian, I thought, if he'd thrown to the cutoff man. But By um, the way, and again, when you talk about big guys, Chris Bryant cutting that bag at third base in the first inning – Little that thing is, that he did very well. That is an athletic mm-hmm. player, six foot five player. That is not a stiff guy trying to rumble around the bases. No, it was it was a, he's he's really good. Um, and that was a, a, a element of the game that the Cubs did extremely well. One of the things I'm trying to find, I thought I liked the tweet, but it was I guess I didn't. What was it? Twenty two foul balls, I believe, yesterday at the Cubs hat with two strikes. That's one of the reasons the game lasted so long. But the other part of it is their offensive reason, approach had just has been better than the well, Indians' approach. 
Trevor Bauer basically was uh, averaging over 20 pitches in inning. I mean, right. well over 20. I mean, well, he, he didn't make it through four. So part of it's and Bauer. He gave up. Bauer's but, a high but, volume of pitches, an inefficient guy. And he was against a lineup that was going to make that happen. And yep. the thing about it, this is a smart on the Cubs part, is that what you saw last night, that's what you want to do. I mean, that's going to be a key for the Cubs. Yeah. The Indians' bullpen is not a six-headed monster where you say, you know, really we want to get on the starter, but we don't want him out of the game. Right. It is, I mean, again, it's nothing against the Manships and McAllisters of the world, but they're not guys that you say, oh, these next two innings, we're just out of it. Right. They're not. Andrew Miller, you are. Yeah. But, you know, but again. You, it's, you want to get to Jeff Manship and, and Danny Otero, and if they beat you, you tip your cap. I mean, the, the Cubs lineup with Schorber in it, really does make a huge difference. To me, the, the Indians lineup, you know, they haven't really gotten Santana going. They haven't really gotten Kipnis going, although they got a, he did get his first hit. Of yeah, the you do today. wonder with him how much is that ankle really... Yeah, I think it is, especially in the had, cold. The cold yeah. uh, is going to really... He had an error, which, I, again, I don't know if the ankle had anything to do with it. It was more like his hands. But I was know. DMing with a scout, though, who just thought that it was his footwork on that play and just said, like, in that cold, that your sprained ankle's got to be barking at you like that. And that he thought it affected him, and I, th- I thought it was interesting that, uh, to have the scout note that. Um, but basically... Francisco they, Lindor, he's been doing it. Yeah, but they couldn't get anybody on base, though, last night to try to take advantage of... Arietta's yeah. slow uh, times the plate and his uh, that you can run on Arietta the way they had the night before they got on John Lester. So you know, again, I, I think a lot of it comes down to I'm I'm always been curious. I, we haven't discussed this, I don't think, on a podcast. I'm always curious by them leading Santana off. I know he walks a ton. I know it's worked for them, but for me, he just flipped Lindor and Santana, and it's just such a simple flip, and it makes to me so much more sense to have the guy who runs better. And gets on base at a high clip. Oh, but Santana, is, I mean, he's cramping up. He can't run. And the night before, the ball got away. That first and second, right after Santana came up with the cramp, Lindor's behind him. Ball gets away. Lindor's halfway to second base. He and then he has go. to go back because Santana's not even in his mindset. I thought that was a play where the the obsession with the on base and not having the faster guy as your lead runner actually hurt him. Um, it didn't end up biting him in that game. They won that game, but... But it is something more For me, Lindor, getting more Lindor more bats and putting Santana in more of a power position just, just makes more sense. I think it's a better use of their lineup. And then you would have Carlos Santana and Chris Bryant as your two-hole hitters in this. Uh, you know, which... Well, you could just go, well, no, you could have Kipnis second. You would go Lindor, Kipnis, Santana. And then you're still having that, you know, with the Lindor, Kipnis, Santana's a switch hitter, Napoli, it doesn't Ramirez switch hit. You know, they're hard to match up with. And it doesn't really, really seem to matter because bullpen. You know, it's not like they have a lefty matchup guy. Their lefty matchup guy is Mike Montgomery, who went, what, two-plus last night, two and a third? J.J., one of your favorite stories you've ever written was Mike Montgomery with the Wilmington. <laughs> it's waxed and wane. There's times where that's been the story. I'm like, oh, I, I, that one I don't want to over, you know. Yeah. But, it, it was, it, it, but he but was good last night. We he was, good Mike and Montgomery I'm happy to see it. I yeah. mean, obviously. I mean, it's something where it's funny, like, talking to him, was it last year or two years ago when he was in Durham? Durham yeah, two years ago. And it was like, you know, and we were talking, and it's like, we almost, like, I was asking him about, like, the back, you know, story, you know, like, and all. And we're, it was almost like we just had, at one point, it was almost like a nod. Like, yeah, we don't have to go to everything that, you know, right, it's gone right. through the years and all. But it is fun to see him now. It's not exactly where, you know, but he is an, he is an important guy yeah. on that team. 
And I do think the, a trusted guy, a trusted guy, but you know, a great pickup for them because that was a, that was a you know I think I did tweet at the time like look this this is a pickup that is more important than people probably realize. And also like Dan Vogelbach, hey, he might be a player for the Mariners. He might be a, a solid average regular. Might be a second division regular. But Dan Vogelbach had no hope of no hope. ever no hope ever playing for the Cubs. He is. Dan Vogelbach is would have been the fourth best option in. They would have had if they had three injuries at first base, then maybe he'd have played for Chicago in 2017. Right. Hey, but if they had better, two, he'd be a better hitter right now than say Chris Coughlin or Jorge Soler. Certainly right, looks but, lost. But well, that's that was an interesting thing they talked about last night in the game. It was like you know, okay, now we're going to Chicago, and I know that they're talking about Schwarber and you know the defense, and he's just back, and but you know they really could use him in left field. What do you, what would you do? Would you? Put I don't him think in left he field? can. I don't, I don't like. So I don't either. think he's been. I don't think there's been any part of this prepping him for the World Series. We you know we've heard all about, and I do think that people don't understand you know how. How much easier it is to prep a hitter to get ready now than it would have been 20 years ago. Correct. That, that was actually a t- another Kyle Body tweet last night. The, you wrote about it in the issue that you got a hack Kyle, attack. You can. It's the issue that has Kyle Schwarber on the cover. I tweeted the picture yesterday. Minute work. Kyle Schwarber in catcher's gear. That's like a frozen piece that you'll never see again. But Kyle Schwarber and the whole your whole story was about developing catchers, the hack attack, and these other related machines. These three-wheel pitching machines that are you can dial a up. huge improvement on old pitching machines. Now, again, I don't think it gets you 100% of there because, and it's funny, in our office we were talking about this. Uh, uh, Larry, one of our uh, ag guys, is it, plays senior adult baseball, and he's hit off a hack attack, and he talks about how the one thing he doesn't like about it is, is that it is, timing-wise, it's difficult because you're we're trying to read. I mean, it's a little different than reading the ball coming out of the hand. Right. But... You can see legit big league sliders, legit big league. I mean, name a pitch, you can see it. There. I know. I know. I saw it in a couple of stories. Uh, the one I remember was Jeff Passan's column. So that in October, Schwarber was staring at thirteen hundred breaking mm-hmm. pitches thrown off a machine to re- retrain his eyes, and you saw it when he spit on that slider that Andrew Miller threw him. That's like. Okay, this is an eighty slider, and he read it. It wasn't just because of the pitching machine, but you, it had to help. But what we've not heard from anyone, and when you talk about his knee, yeah, I have not even heard anyone say he is cleared to hit. He's cleared to run the bases. Right. We have not heard anything of he took a thousand fly balls to exactly. prep in left field. And the thing about it is, is that when you talk about a knee that hopefully is a hundred percent, but let's say it's ninety five percent at this point, there is a difference. And the and the in the batter's box, it's just swinging. Right. There's no rapid cuts there. This is not the same as asking him to guard a point guard. I mean, he puts a lot of he puts a lot of torque on his he puts a, and in that swing, and he puts a lot of weight on that back leg. But that's what the brace is there for. Moving side to side, covering ground but, in left field is way more to ask for. There's than way more to ask for. And let's start with the fact that let's be honest here again. Kyle Schwarber is not a good left fielder. Right. When healthy. Yet when healthy. And Kyle Hendricks is a pitch to contact guy. He's starting Game Three against Josh Tomlin in the. Battle of the 1990s style pitchers where we will not see, there won't be any fastballs that hit 95 and have the flame. But, you know, which, by the way, thinking of this, I, I, you know, and maybe I just didn't notice it last night. I'll, it, we'll talk about pace of play. I was, I was, I, I dozed a little bit in the last inning <laughs> right. last night. But 
We saw the fastest pitch. Royals Chapman came in the game, which does mean we have now seen. Last night was the fastest pitch in World Series history. Right. One of two point five, I believe, was his uh, max last night. Yeah. Now he was. Uh, he had flame emojis were were in effect for Royals Chapman. Um, but yeah, I I'll be shocked if the Cubs do play him in left field. I think they're going to want to. I think you could see him in left field in Game Four because Lackey is a little bit more of a swing and miss guy. Um, I think some of it will depend on how warm it is See, and the I weather and all know, that kind of thing. I don't even know what no one has even said is, is, is he actually even cleared to do that? I think he probably is. If he's cleared to hit and run, I think he's probably cleared to play. As long as long I think they would just tell him, you're going to play as deep as you can. You're not going to go back on any balls. You're only going to come forward. And the thing is, like Dexter Fowler, he has good range in center field, but this isn't Mike Trout. This isn't Starling Marte. This is not Gorkis Hernandez. You know, um... I think the one thing that you'd be, besides winning the game last night, the other thing you'd be most excited about as a Cub fan is that Jason Hayward had a good swing last night. I think the Cubs, he hit That may have been the first one in a month. It was one of the hardest balls he's hit all, all postseason, and I think that that might be the kind of thing where Joe Madden seizes on and says, hey, we're going to sit Kyle Schwarber in this game for our eight-year, $200 million, whatever career co- contract he got guy, and that guy had a good swing. He's a good defensive player. We're going to start him. And that's the way they're going to go. But they will deploy Schwarber at a... I think that's the thing. You can still deploy him as a pinch hitter at the right spot. And there's no one in that lineup, save for maybe Rizzo or Bryant, that you don't pinch hit him for. Where he's not an improvement at any point in the game. Even as good as Zobris has been. Maybe that's the only other guy you wouldn't take out because of the defensive versatility that he also brings and the flexibility he brings your lineup. Uh, right now, Javi, and I'll say Javi Baez has been so locked in. and He's... Just okay so far in the World Series. I mean, he's been good. He was not as locked in as he was in the first right. two series. But, but I do think also defensively with Baez, yes. like you, incredible asset. I was going to say if you if you if you pinch hit for him and you say, I mean, you could put Zobers there, but you you are losing something there of of some significance. But again, it is something where if you have Schwarber on your bench, it, it is something where. It also may force you if you're if you're the Indians to keep Andrew Miller in there even longer. Yeah. Because if you if yeah. you finish the eighth inning and Andrew Miller out is at two innings and you go to the ninth and, and Schwarber you, hasn't been and used Schwarber yet. hasn't been used yet, and it's a one run game, let's say. I, that's in the back of if I'm Francona, that's in the back of my mind. It's like Absolutely. I Andrew Miller needs to be the guy facing Schwarber. I do not want Cody no Allen no question. to be the guy facing Schwarber. So that, I mean, that being just kind of sitting in Joe Madden's back pocket. Now, again, I don't know if it's necessarily a good thing to say, hey, I'm, I'm forcing them to use Andrew Miller more. Right. But it does, you are, the Indians have to be somewhat reactive to that because Kyle Schwarber can change it that way. I agree. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Uh you know, we don't have a game tonight to break down, so our I think podcast we'll, tomorrow morning may just be either a look ahead or it may be the Matt Blood 18 U no, podcast. I was going to say, we have, we, have, we have one in our back pocket that we need to... Uh, so let's, let's, let's wrap this one up, JJ, with uh, some, some pace of play talk, because last night was a, not a lot of action, especially in the late innings. Well, especially a the lot game of was, pitcher visits. The game was kind, wasn't 100% out of reach, but it felt that way. The Cubs left a lot of runners on base and still have only a four-run lead. But that was a four-plus-hour game. You, uh, MLB moved the game up an hour to avoid the <laughs> Thankfully. rain. Thank goodness they did that. That definitely worked out. So I just tweeted, I'm open to suggestions for speeding pace of play for tomorrow's podcast. Email us or give us a holler um, on Twitter. 
the only email I got at podcast at baseballamerica.com came from Kristen Johnson. But I do want to thank Kristen for tweeting, uh, for emailing. As a Tribe fan, I think the Cinderella outfield has struck midnight. Your thoughts? Um, I think that's very possible. But Lonnie yeah, I mean, Hall has not looked good in this series. Uh, I would, you know, and Tyler then, Naquin has been. Yeah, uh, he hasn't been a factor. Coco Crisp, Rajai Davis. This is the Achilles Rajah heel Davis of this team. Had a bet. I mean, Rajah Davis in center field, which was something we talked about in Matt A's suggestion, and you did you hoped that he would do something on the base pass, but the reality is, is he had a pretty horrible angle on yeah, a uh, ball that turned a si- potential single into a double. I agree, and you definitely wish that again. You want the thickening of the Cubs lineup with Schwarber. How much better would the Indians lineup look with Michael Brantley? I mean, right. He was their best player in 2015 when he was uh, at 20, full strength. Was yeah, it 2014. 2014, 2014 really is when. That's the thing is, is it's been two years been now since we've seen. So you definitely wish that he were at full strength, and you know the, you'd have a different look to this Indians lineup. But it is what it is. Uh, so I, that was my tweet, and here are some of the responses we had. Uh, Widow of your dreams at Leo Kitty, uh, destroy all managers. So that's not a serious, <laughs> not a serious reply. Nikki Coos, Coos Cruz wrote, "How about don't like don't speed pace of play." I'm sorry, Kevin. I love baseball, but I don't think that's an option. I just tell you, what get, does any did is there anyone watching that last night that says this is superior because it took four hours? That's what I just don't understand. I, I, I mean, don't. again, I we are baseball. We're not baseball fans. We are baseball fanatics. Correct. And we're at the extreme. We're in the 99th percentile of baseball fans. And I mean, we watch a ton of baseball. We love baseball, but last night. The reality is, is, as a baseball fanatic, I want a lot of people to enjoy baseball. Exactly. I don't want to keep it as the, I don't want it to be a small club. Great thing is, is it's not a small club. There's a lot of people who love baseball. But last night, the later innings of last night's game was not a compelling product. It was not. And it was visits to the mound. It was, thankfully we didn't have Pedro Baez in there, but it was long stretches between pitches. And again... It is different if this is a one-run game. Yeah. It was a five-run game, yeah. and there were, and we also have you know the pitching changes where it's like you see you come back from commercial, the guy faces one batter, okay, and then you're going, oh, okay, we got a pitching change, and we're back to commercial, and then that's definitely a pitching the, change ends back to commercial. That's definitely one of the suggestions that came that kept coming up. Uh, Matt Trueblood of Baseball Prospectus tweeted out: "Be fewer commercials, no conversation worth having." If MLB won't do that simple one simple thing. And that is something. Joseph also tweeted that to be at JT Dutch. They're not going to scale it back to what it used to be. The main issue is ad time. Any other solution sounds gimmicky. And there, that is something where I th- I completely agree that MLB when they talk about pace of play, what they never want to talk about is yeah one of the biggest problems is ad load. I, I don't disagree in any way on that one. Um, Jerry Cush also wrote the same thing. Teague underscore Doug Land on Twitter. Fewer commercials. That's all there needs to be. No mid-inning cutaway. Strict clocks between innings. Um, and there was also one other really good one that I want to make sure I find. I'm sorry that I'm having to search for it on Twitter. It was at Play in School. Commercial free like the World Cup. Joe Buck can read words from our sponsors in between innings. I think that actually I, could work. Let me ask you. Let me ask or you. Or you like, have ads everywhere? I would even. I would honestly trade ads on uniforms. I would exactly for too. for uh, for for better pace of play. I, I mean, what, let me ask you. Yeah, like I watch. I mean, you know, World Cup soccer, Formula One, things like this, where the the action doesn't stop. Right. And so what you have is is that you have these moments where you either you have ads kind of wrapped around the action yeah. or. 
you have, okay, we're having an ad over here, but at the same time, you can still see what's going on. We have the technology to do it. Anything like that. When you have an in-inning pitching change and you go to commercial, that is, this is this break. When we talk about the tension of the game, well, let me tell you, when you go to a commercial break at that point, you take some of that tension away. If we think of baseball as a drama, that is, this is not that... The going to the commercial break is the the hey we got this cliffhanger that you know in a drama where you send it to the next act and right. you wait, can't wait to get back. No, when we get back, he's going to be standing on the mound. I'm totally with you on that one. Um, Craig Albert asked, former pro player, uh, longtime AAA catcher, uh, now coaching in the Tiger system, I believe. He tweeted at me only two timeouts an inning mound visit catcher's minute visit hitter asking for time pitching change etc. I'm totally down with some kind of regulation I, on timeouts. And the thing about and when there's no one on second base, the catcher should not be able to visit the pitcher. And I'll go a step further again on the technology. I want the catcher to have an earpiece. I want the manager or the pitching coach, someone's designated with an earpiece. And I want the pitcher to have an earpiece. And I want them to be able to talk to each other. And we don't have these timeouts. I'm, and I'm 100% serious about that. If you could do it in football where the crowd's louder and it's more intense like that, you could do it in baseball. And I... I think that MLB should seriously look into that so the catcher and pitcher can communicate. Sponsored by Motorola or sponsored by Apple, whatever. So freaking lootly. Again, that speeds the game and it's a moneymaker. A lot of of ideas. I mean, look, I mean, MLB makes money on instant replay. I mean, they've sponsored instant replay. Where would you rather see them spend the money on? The replay system that doesn't work or on speeding the game up with that kind of technology? That's a no brainer for me. I I can't stand instant replay. Uh, That's a whole other subject. Love for the game, or no, love for the glove at Sherwood Allen said five run mercy rule after six. If you have no. an elite bullpen, absolutely no. not. No, no. Um, Uper underscore Iowa, uh, IA, two warm up pitches for relievers on the mound during a change, and he also wants smaller strike zone to encourage more balls and but, play fewer but, strikes. I don't know if I agree with oh, that but, one. But I do, the two pitches? Yeah, the warm, fewer warm up pitches, everyone, uh, a lot of people are, are for that. I'm not because I think. You want those eight pitches to get used to the mound on the field that's different from the mound of the bullpen. But, um, hey, if everybody was like Brandon Inge, 1998, comes in from shortstop, throws two pitches, I'm good. I would be happier. I was going to say, you, you always throw Brandon Inge, and I always have Chris Carpenter from the, yeah. the, South, the St. Louis Cardinals, old St. Louis Cardinals, right. Chris Carpenter, Georgia Bulldog. Yeah. Chris Carpenter, who he but he would do two pitches in the pen, and then the eight on the mound would give him ready. That's right. Um uh, Daryl Bo- uh, Bonner LLC at UU Blog tweeted, I usually hate pace of play rules too, but God, tonight's game took forever. Five to one shouldn't take four hours. That's basically our point. You know, is that um, it wasn't it wasn't unwatchable, but it didn't it didn't make it good. It wasn't. It. Again, we understand if there's a crazy fifteen to fourteen game that it's going to take a long time. That was a 5-1 game That's right. where we had a no-hitter on one end. What was the score of that Phillies-Blue Jays game, 16-13 that year? I mean, like, that game was a, okay. a combination of it's, baseball, but it should take but, a long but time. But, okay, you say this is a unique circumstance. That was five, That was not a unique circumstance. I mean, right. that was that was just long. Yeah, Doug Scalise, a longtime uh, uh, tweeter to me, uh, at DVS Brewster, he wrote, Limit mound visits by catcher printing. Reduce ad time after each half inning would save at least 20 minutes and will never happen. I definitely agree that with all yeah, these guys who you know we need to repeat, re- but, reduce the uh, But the thing about this is, is what you will not hear is, is Rob Manfred saying, yes, pace of play is a problem, and we'll be honest with you. We are the problem. We're not changing it, so we're trying to, we're trying to mess around the, the, the corners. 
Because right. when you talk about, wow, this game was two hours, like when they talk about, you know, these old World Series games, they only took two hours. Well, yes. Right. The ad load between was basically, if you're ready to go, you go. Exactly. And now the, it's the like... The ad load in between innings was, hey, uh, the first baseman, it took longer between innings because the first baseman on the other, on the on the uh, Boston Braves didn't leave me his glove for right. me to share. I had to find it. It was, <laughs> right. it was di- the dirt, the grass was a little tall, so I had and, to And also, we got to hurry this up because if we don't hurry up, the sun's going to go yes. down and we won't be able to see the stinking ball. <laughs> yeah. So different problems. We have more money now. We have more problems uh, in the Baseball World Series. So uh, good stuff. Uh, appreciate everyone getting back to me on Twitter. Again, if you have thoughts on these podcasts, uh, review us on iTunes. Uh, email us, podcast at baseballamerica.com. And like we said uh, earlier, we've got a podcast reviewing the 18U national team. Probably is. We'll save that for tomorrow. Probably just go ahead and save it for tomorrow. because We don't uh, have a game to mull over. And we also have almanac work to do and prospect handbook work work to do. So, JJ, thanks for making the time this morning. Thank you for making the time every morning, listeners, and uh, downloading us at BaseballAmerica.com or at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For JJ? I'm a podcast addict guy, so I'll give a podcast addict shout-out. If you're an Android guy and you need something to really keep track of your podcast... Podcast Addict, I don't get paid for that. It's just a I, it's a product I enjoy. Hey, Podcast Addict, you can email us to, to sponsor the podcast yeah. at podcast at baseballamerica.com. So for JJ, I'm John. See you next time on the next Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit baseballamerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.